All right, welcome back to Word Seats in the House. Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta coming to you on this beautiful Tuesday evening. Balmy uh, 0.01 degrees, I think, uh, as I was walking over here. I'm pretty sure that was the uh, the temperature on my iPhone. Uh, very you have, happy. You have hundredths yeah. after the decimals, 0.01. Yeah, yeah. I was convinced that it was negative, but it said, nope, it was 0.001. Um, okay, thanks for everybody for coming on out here at Tuttle's. Uh, thanks to all our incredible sponsors. Our next live show is actually next week, January 22nd, uh, right after you get back from this upcoming road trip to uh, sunny Florida and uh, Raleigh. Anthony, that will be up at Split Rock, 7 p.m. Uh, if you come early, get dinner. Uh, grain belts will be there. And uh, if you uh, buy a pint of grain belts, you can get a grain belt glass. That's also a seats in the house glass. Keep the glass. That'll be on January 22nd. We'll also be finally giving away our uh, raffle for the Capri Soft jersey that we've had uh, at this show and the last three or four shows. And again, uh, we'll be giving that away at the next live show up at Split Rocks on January 22nd, 7 p.m. Am I right? You don't, uh, we'll pull somebody from the drawing. You don't have to be there. Uh, we'll get it to you if you have, we would love you to come up there. But if, uh, if you happen to not be at that show or can't make that show, we will get that Capri Soft jersey uh, to you as well. Anthony, um, really exciting game yesterday against the New York Islanders. It's, it's a rarity that we've been saying that lately, unless you're talking about the opponent for the Wild uh, that are usually trouncing them 6 nothing, 7-2. It's become a common uh, thing here the last week. But, it, man, it, it, was, it was one nice to finally write about a victory and for you, I'm sure, to call a victory. Uh, a couple but of also, goal calls were good. And uh, Yeah, exactly. Not the first Not one. Not the first one. No. <laughs> the, goal, the goal call was a little rusty. It hadn't been so used very much lately. I, the, so I'm driving home last night, and I will admit, uh, I always, for some bizarre reason, have this. I, I should not say this because it's only going to make Anthony's very lofty ego get bigger. But yeah, when right. I get when I'm driving home, I listen to all his goal calls just to sort of remind myself of the game. And the first one, I could only see Margo's face. Yeah, well, I could only see her face. I think I think her exact text to me was something along the lines of, "Well, first of all, what's wrong with you? You better go see a doctor. You're gonna have to change your goal calls." And it was a little squeaky. I'll give her that. And then I think the follow up was, because I think I followed up with something like, "Well, I'm two out of three tonight, or something." And she said, "You're gonna have to be 366 out of the next 367 before I stop worrying about your voice." Yeah. And it, it was a it was a bad call. It was. Is there squeaky, a way that but, you could record your call and just when you when a goal happens, you just play it into the mic? Yeah, maybe, but it it was I wasn't it just had been a while since we had had a goal. I was so shocked that the, <laughs> the play happened that they scored. Yeah. What in the world was that? But it yeah, it was that wasn't a great call. Yeah, uh, but uh, what we did was get a good the next call. three that were decent. That was yeah. all right. And uh, and then obviously uh, the fifth one you you know happened with less than a minute left. You you let that one be. Saved it for uh, for we'll Florida. Save it for Florida. Um, but uh, man, Mark Andre Fleury uh, made it finally to the uh, finish line of passing Patrick Waugh for second all time in regular season victories with his 552nd. Flair for the dramatic does it in a shutout style. Had to make some big saves. If you actually look at his uh, early in the game, yeah, he did. I yeah. mean, he had to make some big ones in the second period. He had a couple point blankers as well. Um, but finally like like even he said it's just been we've been talking about this since training camp it took longer than any of us had thought uh had hoped and even just the last couple weeks here where he'd only won six two of his last six or seven starts it just it made for a long long run to the finish yeah and i think the the loss to philly stuck with him you could tell when he talked after the game that night that i'm sure it was in the back of his mind as they're up two halfway through the third period that tonight's the night tonight's going to be the night we can stop talking about it and then all of a sudden, everything went upside down. Not totally his fault, although I think he took second responsibility goal. for the second goal, and maybe rightfully so. But they, the way the team played was the problem. And, and then lost the game in overtime. And after the game, you could tell he was, he was beside himself after that one. But yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was great he got the start that night because there was some thought they'd go back to Gus after he had been pulled in his first start coming off the injured list. And they, I thought Hines was, it was great. He said, look, Gus got his start. It wasn't very good. Fleury's been maybe our best player over these last eight games when we've been trying to get everybody healthy. He deserves the start. They gave it to him and he paid him off. It was a terrific, he, he was outstanding. And, you know, I don't think they put Gus in the greatest position to succeed. They threw him a net without a practice. Uh, now he'll get a full practice on Wednesday and then Thursday. 
Uh, maybe you come back to him or Gus again is come. I mean, you know, or you yeah, wait one to, of the two, either second. Thursday or Friday. I would Friday. think the second of the back-to-back, uh, go back to a place. Uh, was that him or Kakinen that tried to score an empty net goal in Florida a couple of years ago? I think it was, I think it was Kakinen. Kakinen. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's just nice that, that uh, we could finally talk about a victory again. And, and a lot of guys played well. The one, the one player that really, truly impressed me that game was, was Matt Zuccarello because, you know, I, I, it wasn't maybe as a whole the greatest game that Matt's has played. But they had a closed-door meeting after the loss to Arizona. He, as usual in those closed-door meetings, was one of the most vocal ones, probably with Marcus Foligno, Pat Maroon, uh, players like that. And then it's Matt Zuccarello, like he is after a lot of their tough, tough losses, kind of the spokesman for the team. And then he comes out and scores the first goal of the game. Yeah, I, I thought he was great. But let's go back to the meeting. I haven't talked to any of the players since that meeting because we didn't have access to them before the game the next day and they didn't have practice or they didn't have practice the next day. We didn't have pregame availability the next day. So I really haven't had a chance to talk to anybody about what went on in that meeting or what was said. Have you talked to people about it? I think think the big thing was that enough is enough um, that they were blowing this. Well, That was the feel I got late in that game. I thought the Felino fight with Brown late in that game against Arizona was an enough is enough statement at that point. But I just, I haven't talked to any of the players about, what was said or done in that meeting and not that they'd share all the details, but it was curious if you had had a chance to. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that was essentially what was told to me uh, with a couple of F bombs that were said in there and just uh, starting to play for each other, that they were getting to the point where they couldn't trust each other. We'd seen goals that were atypical, especially in the neutral zone where, you know, one guy gets out of position and it affects everything because then somebody else has to compensate and it creates problems after problems. And we saw that after the Philly game. And we saw that obviously all throughout the Arizona game. I agree with you on the fight with Brown. I think that had to be done, especially after the way that he, uh, for uh, totally unsolicited reasons, just started punching Marco Rossi in the face at the end of the second period. Right. And I think that was, my guess is that was discussed in the room. Like, how is this allowed to go on and nobody does anything? Everybody just stands around and watches it happen. And, and Felino, remember, didn't play much at the end of the second well, even period. The, I don't know if you remember, in the third period, uh, it was O'Brien went after Caprisa. In the first game back after the after the upper body injury, you would think that if that doesn't warrant uh, tension, and uh, I don't know if it's because he had already fought once, but nobody went after him and just sort of let it happen. And, and maybe that is why, if you think about it, within 30 seconds of yesterday's game, uh, all of a sudden Anders Lee goes after a re- what he thought would be a rebound, slashes flower, and then all hell broke loose right away. I thought, and I thought Fleury's involved yeah. in that set a lot, where it was an enough is enough moment. that and I don't need somebody else to step up. I'm going to step up and take the bull by the horns yeah. here. Well, you, you know, the one thing that's interesting about Fleury is I did that big story uh, with Pascal Vincent last week when we were in Columbus, and I saved a lot of that for his record break also. So Pascal's his Cape Breton junior coach. Um, had him at 15, 16, 17, up until he was the number one overall pick in the draft. And basically he said that he used to have to get this kid to stop fighting. All he wanted to do in junior was fight, broke his pinky fighting, all that stuff. And you would never think of that about Marc-Andre Fleury, but it's true. And that's one reason, remember how much he has said that he's wanted to get into an NHL fight. He tried to fight uh, Bennington last year. I almost said Craig, Craig, Craig Billington instead of Jordan Bennington. Almost fought him last year, wanted to fight him last year. So he is one that is, he's willing to go in there with that blocker, a la like Ed Belfour and even the way that Marty Bredore used he's to do He's a competitor. Yeah. I think that's one of the most overlooked assets that he has is how competitive he is. Yeah. And a great teammate, smiles, always happy around the rink. We've heard that story so many times, but he's a competitor and just wants to play, wants to compete, wants to battle and wants to be in the middle of it, even though he's a goaltender. And speaking of competitiveness, I mean, if this season does continue to go south, he's one of those guys that at the trade deadline, you know that at a minimum, Bill Guerin is going to have a respectful conversation with him and ask what he wants to do. He has a full no move. It could be him that determines whether or not he just wants to stay here for the rest of the season with his three kids and his wife, or if he would want to do what he did two years ago and be traded from the Chicago Blackhawks to Minnesota for, I believe it was a second at that, at that point to get a playoff run in um, who knows how long he's going to play, how many more opportunities he'll have. He's one game from becoming the third overall uh, player in playoff wins in history by pa- passing. I believe it's Grant Fuhrer. Remember he was up two one tied him 
in that St. Louis series a couple years ago, and then didn't uh, didn't get it, and then obviously last year he didn't win his one start against Dallas. Um, but you know, you, do you wonder if if Mark Andre Fleury, if the Wild um, do get to a point at the trade deadline where they think that that making the playoffs is a, is not going to happen? You think that he would want to be this last season? I I actually. I've changed my tune. I thought it was at the beginning of the year, but the way that he is playing, the way that he loves it, I, it wouldn't shock me if he keeps on playing. And so that, I think, is a factor in what you're talking about. If he feels like he has one year left and he wants that year to be here, then I think even though it's not under contract at mm-hmm. this point, I think that might change what his opinion is when it comes to would you want to move somewhere and go take a shot right now? Because there are some teams out there <laughs> that have goaltenders that are beat up yeah. that could use a guy, even if he's a, the second guy into the playoffs, but in the way hockey's going these days, the second guy ends up playing in just about every playoff series. And there's a lot of teams right now that Toronto, are... Toronto, the are, team that wanted him over Minnesota a couple of years ago. Right. That's one. Uh, Carolina, absolutely. Yeah, uh, they've got um, four goalies that they can't yeah. decide between. Even, even Colorado. Like, I know yeah. Gorgiev's got a ton of wins, but... Have you actually looked at his underlying numbers? I have, but and he that's a perfect example. Yeah. You go there, be Georgiev's backup, but at some point, you're probably going to be in there in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. He, I think that's a perfect example of, in this day and age, the number one guy very rarely starts game one and plays 24 in a row through the playoffs. Yeah, I'm trying to, at the top of my head, think of any other teams. Those would probably be the biggest ones. I would have said Edmonton a month ago, but Skinner's on fire right now, and they're on fire. Um, I mean, obviously Canucks are fine. There's there most most of the the teams are set. Although I still don't. Tr- How funny it would it be if he went to L.A. and uh, <laughs> he took yeah. over for Cam Talbot? For Cam, <laughs> the Cam yeah. that would just make his mind go, <laughs> just <laughs> just pluck and uh, uh um. Tell us about the raccoon at your house the other day. First of all, how is Margo? By the way, is she is she is she she's thrilled she with the that, way I, you guys titled last week's show. Yep, absolutely thrilled with that. That really I, helped around my house yeah, too. By yeah, the way, thanks. For, I don't want I don't want to I don't want to say that I approve that with you before I sent that to Brandon, but I might have. Uh, uh, Moody Margo and, was, not, way, the, was not the best title yeah. ever for a show. Yeah. Um, it, let's just say it didn't help. The it didn't stabilize the mood around the house. Has it gotten better though in the last week? She's yeah. starting to get used to dry I think January. She's getting used to dry January. <laughs> yeah. She's just not getting used to her husband. Um, yeah, she's doing fine. Although, yeah. So the other day she calls me and she might have texted me and I didn't respond or something. And Shocker. so then she called me and said, "Hey, the dogs are going bonkers. I think there's something living underneath the solarium in the backyard. We have this solarium." junky thing that was on the back of our house when we bought it and so there's something under there the dogs are going bonkers and i said well why don't you go get them in just in case there is an animal under there and she walks out in the backyard to get them and then all of a sudden those who know margo or have heard enough stories to think they know margo knows that she she might overreact to certain segments or certain situations and in this case all of a sudden she screams oh my god it's a raccoon and it's huge <laughs> and, and i gotta go and she hangs up and so i'm thinking like this raccoon is attacking our two little dogs or something and i was driving it was game day and i didn't hear from her for like five ten minutes so finally i called her back and i was like hey just out of curiosity like are the dogs still alive or is every and she did get the dogs in the house but we had this raccoon in our backyard and i i'm not a wildlife guy so i had no idea what you do when you have a raccoon there and Apparently, we hired this pest guy who was in charge of, like, getting rid of insects and maybe mice or something, but he doesn't do anything with raccoons, so I don't know. Bottom line is the raccoon left, and we we weren't sure if he was gone because he might still be back underneath there, but we just said, well, let's just send the dogs out there, and if they bark like crazy, then we'll know the raccoon's still there. They didn't bark, so I'm assuming the raccoon's gone and everything's good. Phil, I think would would. Uh... Phil has chased a possum out of our yard in recent history, and and the, have you heard the expression "play possum"? Like I didn't know that was a real thing. Like that's what possums do; they just sit still. And well, Phil got about this far away from a possum and just was roaring in this possum's face, which apparently is dangerous because that's like when the possum attacks. But Margot grabbed him before the possum struck back, and Phil survived. So Luckily, Margo didn't get struck. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a tough one to overcome, too, because I probably didn't respond to a text that day either. 
No, I uh, that wouldn't that would not. Uh, yeah. shock but so me. anyway, we got rid of a raccoon. I don't know if, if you're the, a pest the, control person yeah. that listens to this or company that listens right. to this it's show. It's not pestle. Kate, apparently, it's like wildlife Kate Cleary control. at TalkNorth.com. Yeah, uh, apparently it's it's wildlife. It's not pests. That isn't underneath our umbrella. Because I know you've told the flying squirrel story in our attic, and those we had to hire this wildlife guy to come and get rid of flying squirrels. And so we te- we did text this pest guy and. His response, and this guy's being great. He shows up. He like I think he likes Margot, so he shows up like at a moment's notice whenever she says she thinks she saw a mouse or something. And his response was, "Yeah, just set a trap and throw some cat food in it." And I was like, "There's no chance we're like set it. Like, do you think we have a raccoon trap just hanging out in our garage?" And so this would be like calling the guy. Not and to saying, mention cat food. Right, right. And he, <laughs> I said so this would be like calling this guy and said, "Hey, we got all kinds of." insects in our house and his response would be roll up a thing in newspaper and whack them until they stop flying i mean it was like this did me no good whatsoever i if i had a trap and some cat food i maybe would try it but i don't have either yeah i'm thinking if he listens to this pod you just lost an, uh, lost yeah his a, name's nate nate if you're listening i know you've done a great job and margo appreciates your <laughs> your help um so really uh, one of our newest sponsors is huxley optical i've mentioned them uh the last what th- three weeks of this show and uh, Ryan, the owner of Huxley Optical, is here. And Ryan, if you want to come up, uh, uh, we could talk a little uh, Brock Faber glasses. Um, we, your Wyzetta location, actually, today. So they have two locations, one in Roseville, one in, in, um, in, in Wyzetta. You had a ribbon cutting today for the, for the Wyzetta location. And uh, HuxleyOptical.com, H-U-X-L-E-Y Optical.com. And tell us, so, so first of all, how did you become like, uh, how, did, how did you I'm and Brock Faber? got notes. Yeah, look at this. And what a cool way to write. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's on. Um, so, like, how did, how did you and Brock Faber wind up hooking up with this? How did I become Brock Faber's glasses guy? Yes, exactly. Yes, no, uh, we answered an email from his team uh, about the tail end of last year, actually. So the so, partlets? Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, got to speak to some of them. They said that there was some interest. Uh, on their end, and they learned a little bit more about our business, and there is a lot of interest on our end. I'm a uh, inaugural season ticket holder through my family, so I've been going to the Wild Games with my dad since I was a little boy, so it's been really exciting for us. Cool. And Brock, uh, as authentic as you get, right, in terms of uh, uh, one, somebody that uses glasses and needs glasses, uh, but two, as just, I mean, uh, you know, just down-to-earth human being as there is. Just a great guy. Yeah. I get asked this question a lot, and, uh, you know, it's like your cousin's coming over. <laughs> like, he's just, their whole family, uh, Carrie, Paige, Jay, of course, and Brock, it's like your favorite aunt's coming over, and you're all talking. I've gotten a chance to get to know them a little bit throughout this uh, time period, and it's just been really nice. It's a great Minnesotan family. Uh, we got really lucky, yeah. to be honest, to be a part of it. With how'd, you, them. how'd you get into manufacturing glasses and starting your own opening your own company? Uh, well, about 12 years ago, my dad got ripped off by a chain store, and uh, I looked into a it a little bit. glasses store? Yeah, it was really expensive, and I kind of looked into the industry. I was in sunglasses at the time, and uh, we just, me and my best friend TJ, we just said maybe we can do this a little bit better. And we just opened up a shop in Roseville uh, in about 2012. And it's just been really exciting for us as we grow as a company. And to do this with Brock has been absolutely incredible. It's been really nice. So, so Brock and, and his sister Paige, had, were they hands-on in, in uh, creating these frames? They helped out. Yep. Yeah. They were able to come to the shop. I mean, he's so busy. Yeah. The whole family is so busy. But they were able to tell us kind of what they were looking for. We worked together to pick out uh, a good frame that represented them. And we made it for them. It's been really exciting. So you have a favor line, right? Yeah. I'm wearing them right now. They have uh, his signatures right oh, in nice. there. And as I look at this, I just remember all the emails going back and forth with him and his team. Like, no, we need it in a PDF. <laughs> like, it's just really funny. All the little intricacies that went into making a line for him, uh, representing him and Minnesota, which is obviously, shout out to Minnesota, my favorite state, born and raised. So it's been really exciting for us. That's awesome. And uh, again, HuxleyOptical.com. And you brought some some 
treats or, or? yeah i have some uh brock swag uh okay. probably for everybody in here as i look around wow there's, there's some nice huge cleaning claws and some cool stuff so. okay very cool yeah maybe uh looks so look for ryan after the show and uh and that'd be that'd be really cool so brock so you have uh not not frames though right you're talking about like uh glasses like uh clothes and stuff no, no, just okay. just glasses. Okay. So yeah, wow. we're, we're making uh, Brock's glasses, the sunglasses, the wind down, uh, readers, kind of everything. Wow, really cool. All right, anything so that's specially yeah. designed for a guy who's been hitting the eye with a cork. <laughs> <laughs> I think anything you wear is helpful. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, you, you've I'm heard going him back call to Tampa, games. so I need to. I could use them quickly. Get some safety glasses next time. I should. Yeah. I'm actually barely allowed to open champagne in my house anymore. Usually, I could hand it off to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. It, with great with great power right yeah well thanks ryan for coming down here and uh definitely uh anything else by the way that you want to point out again huxleyoptical.com h-u-x-l-e-y optical.com uh we're just so grateful for this opportunity to meet wild fans uh hockey fans all over the world i mean we've shipped some glasses to sweden canada like all the warm weather states so it's cool watching hockey bring people together that's awesome uh well thanks ryan for coming down here um, and again, uh, come see Ryan after the show. Uh, again, January 22nd is our next live show at Split Rocks. Uh, so definitely come on out to that. We'll be giving the Capri Sup jersey away and things like that. And we got a microphone up here that Ryan was just using. If you have questions, first five people get a T-shirt uh, for Anthony and I. Uh, feel free to come on up right now. Um, so you're not on this trip. No, I'm not. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I know. I've talked to Louie today. Louis says he has yep. good. Uh, some. We're looking forward to it. I get uh, Louis with us on the trip. Although we don't have the game in Tampa, so it's just the Panther game and the Hurricane game. But it's funny how he always gets the trip to South. I Florida. know. Uh, same thing with Joe Smith. I put out a tweet today ripping Joe about it, uh, and uh, all of a sudden uh, Ryan Carter quote tweeted it and CC'd Lunani to it. So, so uh, yeah. Well, so he always goes because he covered the Lightning. He obviously must not know that you used to cover the Panthers. I know. He apparently doesn't know, but I made that very clear on uh, Twitter today. I'll show today. him the picture that, of you hanging in the All press right. box. He's seen the picture Florida. of me hanging in the press box in Florida. All right. Uh, I, I mentioned Livia Weight Control uh, Centers, and there's uh, nine in the Twin Cities that you could choose from. Um, I highly, highly recommend them. This is a new year, and so it's time for you to choose you. If you've tried every which way to lose weight, and just haven't seen the results you want, I'd like to introduce you to the Livia Way. The Livia Way is a personalized one-on-one -on -one approach to help you not only lose weight, but also boost your self-confidence and guide you to a healthier and happier version of yourself. If you join Livia today, you'll get your first month, three months free. Three months free if you join Livia today. Guess what? I am now a brand ambassador for Livia. I really appreciated the one-on-one -on -one support that I received at my first couple meetings at my Livia Center. They wanted to know all about my days. Then Taylor made a plan to fit perfectly with my daily life, whether it's travel days or those 5 a.m. to 1 a.m. days that happen a lot in this business that Anthony never has to deal with because he's on the lead well, charter. Well, I'm not a and brand ambassador of anything. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants you, Anthony. It's because you're perfectly fit. That's why. Uh, in fact, my first two weeks, I've, I've dropped already 12 pounds. Join Olivia today and get your first three months free. Visit Livia.com, that's Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com, or call 855-GO-LIVIA. Uh, there are locations in Apple Valley, Coon Rapids, Minnetonka, Roseville, St. Cloud, Woodbury, Rochester, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and Edina. Livia is now offering breakthrough weight loss medication options as well. Visit Livia.com or call 855-GO-LIVIA. This new year, choose you and get started on your weight loss journey the Livia way. You can tell them that Russo uh, sent you. And here's a word from Bosch Law Firm. Hey, hockey fans. Jerry Bosch here again from Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com. If you're injured at work, it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Bosch Law Firm. We'll answer all your questions, help you set up your work comp claim, and help you select professionals who will be there to help you, not the insurance company. And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Bosch Law Firm. The call's always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300 or visit us at workcompexperts.com. Okay, next, uh, let's see. We got a whole lineup of questions just to shut Anthony up here, which we're all grateful for. Yeah. Uh, your first nice Erickson Eck jersey. Thank you. Um, so the new third jerseys are modeled after 
1978 North Stars. I don't know if that's the 7879 or the 7877 North Stars. But weren't they really bad? What, what's the they story? They were really bad. And I, I actually asked the same question last year they, because they're basically the same jerseys they wore for five, six, seven years. And I said, why'd you pick 78? Because when I was looking up the history of the year, it was like, they weren't any good. If they had done the 77s, they would have been good. If they had done the 81s or something, it would have been great. I, I, it made no sense to me why they picked the 78s. Did you ask, and you asked, did they give you a good question? A good no, answer? they just said, well, it was just the year we picked. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get it. I, I have no idea. I, I did ask because I, I, when I first looked it up, and so there's a, I, don't, I don't remember which way it was. One of 77, 78, or 78, 79 was better than the other. And I had done the thinking that you were doing it after this year, and it turned out they, they had the opposite in mind. So I'm not sure why. It doesn't make any sense to me. I love the green and gold, but that, that part of it made no sense to me either. So it's a great question. Should ask Matt Maka. I did. I don't think he had an answer. <laughs> and I asked a few other guys, and one of them just said, that's just the year we picked. I was like, well, that, that, that's not really an answer. <laughs> question. Curious to hear your thoughts on Raska's performance on the fourth line. And do you think, I know, Russo, you mentioned a few weeks back that Dewar Duhame might be gone after this year. Is he a potential fit? Long term, or I mean, uh, you know, Dewar uh, has restricted free agent uh, with Arbright's uh, Duhame's UFA. The question is if they've priced themselves out of Minnesota, depending on also what the cap goes up and how much cap space they have and things like that. I don't know if Rask is, uh, you know, a, a legit um, replacement. I think it's more of an indictment of what they're getting from guys that come up from Iowa right now, and and the fact that a lot of those guys, Anthony, haven't done much. But it's not like. Raska is a little, you know, uh, wrecking ball out there. But if you look at even in the minors, it's not like he's produced or things like that. So my, my guess is that he's not a long-term uh, fit. Uh, right now, he's going to be the 13th forward as long as they're healthy. Um, they're bringing him on the road trip, which is clearly, um, you know, a, a, a sort of a reward for, for what they've done lately. Um, Adam Beckman, I believe, is getting close to coming back for Iowa. And if he plays well, my gut says that, that we'll see him at some point as well. Yeah, I thought Rasko did exactly what you'd want a fourth liner to do, but he isn't going to be any more than that ever. So it, he's a yeah. he's probably just an extra guy for most of his career. Yep. Yeah. I will say salary wise, I mean, you're on the right path that if 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 Duham and Durer are replaced, it's going to probably be um, cheaper guys. You know, my my gut says that they're going to start opening those guys those those open to to prospects and things like that as well. Uh, you know, who's enough is going to need a spot if he's going to make the team, things like that. So question. Did we ever learn what happened with Chris O'Hearn? I mean, you know, uh, I, I sort of know what happened, but I don't know what happened. If that makes sense. It's not reportable yet. Um, I don't know if it ever will be. It's a very complicated situation, um, but it's not something, it's not like a, you know, a, a trade rumor or an injury. Uh, where you know I'm going to speculate uh, when there's something complete to report, I will report it. But uh, right now they're keeping it; ext- it it's being kept extremely quiet. You know, uh, it's and it is a, a legal reason for that. Um, but but uh, you know, uh, and I th- I think that deep down the Wild are upset that that they had to have this separation. I mean, there's a lot of respect for him inside the organization. They I think wish that he was still there. Um, as I reported today, Central Registry is essentially helping them manage their cap. Now that is not, that is their job to help teams when they have questions and things like that. But right now they are really helping the wild um, with, with a lot of different things. And they're going to wait until after the season to replace his role. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just a tough situation. Hopefully one day I, c- I can report it, but it's not something where I can report what I know without knowing how, why, who launched the investigation. There's just so many things here that are too, um, you know, unknown. So, Hey, first of all, St. John's class 2000. Go Johnnies. Go Johnnies. What, what um, class so for you? I was 1990, so you must have been a classmate of Tom Linneman. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of so. him? I love him. Because he's awesome. trying to yeah, shark, steal some shark players man, from me. Is our, is our, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to steal some yeah. players from me in my yeah. donkey hockey yeah. league. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good yeah. Um, Not a shock the way he negotiates trades. Question for my coworker, Phil. Why are they playing the third pair defenseman with the top pair? 
That was the opposite of what they were doing at the beginning. Uh, Third pair defenseman with the top forward line, you mean? Yeah, yes, correct. I think part of it's been necessity. And because when Hines first took over, he was the opposite. He tried to play Brodine and Faber a lot with the top scoring line to try to create a five-man offensive unit. But I think they got to the point where without Brodine and Spurgeon, that defensive core was so beat up (laughs) that it was he had to try to play it more of a defensive style where it was, let's put the best defenseman out there with the lesser forward lines. We'll put the lesser defenseman out there with the better forward lines and just try to keep our heads above water. And I think when everybody's healthy, you'll see a different approach. That can make sense. I just, you see them lose momentum when they have a third pair out there. For sure. Okay. And that's what Heinz tried to avoid early. And, but it, it quickly became, we have so little firepower in the lineup right now that we got to try to win games two to one or three to two. That means it's all about keeping the puck out of our net. So the best way to do that is to put the, the best defenseman out there with the forwards that have the least chance to maintain the offensive zone. So in other, in other words, if you're putting those guys out with say a checking line, because they're going to be checking the top line of the other team. And most likely your top line's not going up against the, those players. So a lot of times it just happens to be the cycle of the game and maybe matchups there. Um, but, but to Anthony's point, I mean, the second and third pair, you don't really lately know what that pair, either, either could have been described yeah. as a third I mean, pair the, lately. Well, so. they could have been decided, described as a fourth pair a lot of nights. I mean, yeah. really, if you put Brodine and Spurgeon back in your lineup and then you've got Faber and Middleton, that's your top four. So they had a lot of nights where three, four, five, six were guys that would normally be five, six, seven, and eight. And that's, that's a problem. I thought Damon Hunt looked really good last night. He looked better. He still doesn't look as assertive as I think they need him to be in both ends of the rink. But his which, skating, which I also get too. I mean, right? you know, you're trying not to make a mistake. You're, exactly. You know, he's gonna, if he was able to be in a comfortable spot where, let's say, he's the fifth D man and he's playing with Bogosian on the third pair because the top four are set. Yeah. Now it's easier for him, but he's jumping into some spots that are probably in over his head at this point in his career. Yep. And Brodine to talk. You know, he had that uh, early in the first yesterday. He had a bit of a, you know, a tough clear out of his own end. Um, but, man, did he become yeah. set, settled back like in crazy. Looked it's, like it's nuts. 20 it's, minutes, an assist, a plus two, and there's a reason why the puck was out of the wild zone so fast all night. It's just uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, thanks. Yep, right, yep. Go, Johnny. Question. Uh, Russo, you mentioned the other day that the Wild need another hard-nosed defenseman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if that's not O'Rourke down in Iowa, is there another free agent besides Dylan who well, would fit I, that? Well, I'll be honest. I haven't. I have not uh, really um, uh, gone through all the free agents. The reason why I'm smiling is because that I remember when I tweeted that that uh, John Merrill did something in the game that just made my head go, and uh, and I'm just like, you're not alone. Yeah, and I'm just like. You know, that is his role in the lineup, and if you're not doing it, then that, that was sort of my, that was the context of what I put. But I will say, um, you know, I do think that w- that is one thing that this, this, because, you know, Jake Middleton, even though he's got size, that is not his role. Like, he is more of a skating defenseman, um, able to play at a high pace, but he's not, he's not somebody that is just going to go be, a, you know, a, a not that these players exist anymore, but a Rob Lake, a Darian Hatcher, and all that, like Chris Bronger, mean. Um, but I do think that's one thing, especially if you have Brodeen and Spurgeon um, and Faber in your top four next year with Middleton. If you can go on your on your third pair, Goligoski's not here. Maybe there's a way to to lose Merrill. Um, Bogosian's probably not here. If you can have an O'Rourke step in, if you can go out and sign a Brendan Dillon, those type of defensemen, I do think that's what this team lacks is a grit size um, on that back end and, and, and a battler. I mean, you know, I, I know that there's not a lot of love right now for Brendan Dillon because of what he did to Kaprizov here, but, but this, is no, this is an honest, hardworking hockey player in most cases, not to mention one of the best quotes in the league. And... Uh, and that's not why, of course, I would mention him out of the blue. But he is a free agent. He is going to get some money this summer. But the Wild are going to have money to play with. And the one thing that I really genuinely believe this season is that up front, their injuries were overcomable, not their back end. And when you lose Spurgeon and Brodeen, I just think it shows you how la- the lack of depth that they've had on their back end. 
Um, and I, I, that's what I think that they've got to try to deepen out this offseason. And whether that's um, elevating prospects, whether it's a Damon Hunt or a Rourke, or going out and using some of that money to go out, because their top nine is essentially set going into next year. So they're going to have to work on their fourth line, and they're going to have to work on their third D pair. And I just think that's one area that they've got to upgrade and get some actual NHL defensemen into the system, uh, not just here, but also as your up and down guys. Speaking of the lack of depth on the blue line, if they get a high pick, would you consider taking a really good defenseman, or do you still chase the the center that we can never pick? Uh, um, After, and I I feel bad saying this because I don't want to sit there and judge an 18-year-old, but after they they went over their list to go draft Charlie Strammel last year, I think it just shows you that it is always a risk to just go for need when you're talking about an 18-year-old especially in this wild system where we see it takes three, four, five years. That's Bill Guerin's philosophy to get to the NHL. So if your perceived lack of weak, your perceived lack of strength is at the middle, why do you feel the need that you have to go force feed to Charlie Strammel as a draft pick when Gabe Perot sitting there or whoever? So to answer your question, if wherever they're picking come June, if there's the best player there and he happens to be a defenseman, you take him, I think. That's just my. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think it's it's unfair to look at it and say the injuries this year exposed a lack of depth on the blue line. There's no team in the NHL yeah. that could lose their best two defensemen and not feel it. Everybody's going to feel it. Their depth guys were Alex Goligoski, John Merrill, Dakota Mermis. They're as good as anybody's six, seven, eight defensemen. It's just that they had to play those guys in a three, four, five, six role. If they're your six, seven, eight, you're just fine. And it, nobody in the league withstands losing the top two. Yep. Counselor. So, so following oh, up boy. on the. Uh, wait, wait, wait. You don't have a briefcase. <laughs> Where are all the really important papers? <laughs> they were secreted on my body all here. Right, don't worry. Um, so following up on the defense issue, if you look at our prospects, it looks a little thin. You look at O'Rourke, Lambos, Johansson, Spacek, they're not exactly lighting it up at Iowa. I don't know about the college guys, you know, Peart and Pionk and, and Healy and Lorenz, if there's anything there. But it just looks like, at best, we might get a fifth or sixth out of those guys. What's, what's the view? Well, I, I, mean, I think it's early. These are young kids still. Like, uh, to just because David Spachik is having a tough go in his first year, or Carson Lambos isn't the, you know, complete player that, that they want yet, um, doesn't to me at 18, 19 years old alarmed, but I think it, what it shows you is that they've got to continue to develop these guys, be patient with them, let them play down there, um, and, and continue to get better. So, uh, I'm not saying that you're right. I'm not saying that, that they don't ha- that they have a one or a two in their system, but I think that it's way too early to judge whether or not that these guys aren't going to be able to play in, in, you know, middle, you know, in bottom pair or, or middle pair roles in the future here. Yeah, I remember so, it was this summer we were talking about, is there room for O'Rourke, Lambos, and Hunt? Are the, because they have these veteran guys, are they blocking these guys, their path to the NHL? So it's, I think that was a perceived strength of the organization was this group of three up-and-coming defensemen where they were looking, saying, if one of them turns out to be a real good player and another one a supplemental player, that you got something. So I think you have to wait to see. I, I liked what I saw from Lambos in camp and exhibition. Hunt, I think, clearly was ahead of the other two, but we'll see. There's and, a ways to yeah, go. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we'll see they're what happens with the They're certainly struggling in Iowa. Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah. But, but, but that, part of that is, is re- the Iowa roster. Yeah. You know, that most of it was up here for a good chunk of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, Masters, uh, Spachik. I mean, there, there's, you know, you would hope that of, there are seven or eight prospects that aren't yet up here yet that, that one or two of them are going to turn out to be players. You mentioned Parrot. I still think he's going to sign, uh, so we'll see what happens. Howdy. Hey. I guess I'll stay on the hot topic of uh, the defense. Do you think Hunt finally earned his way in over Marilyn Goligoski? Is he here to stay, or is this going to be another, like, he's in for a game or two and then right back out? Well, I'm not saying that won't happen, but I think he's going to earn a spot in 
Tuesday in Thursday's lineup, there's I, I can't imagine that it wasn't just that Brodine came back. It's probably because of who was in the lineup as well, he looked, or who was out of the lineup as well that they looked so good defensively the other night. He also looked rather composed as like a second power play guy jumping in. As yeah. he I, got I don't disagree with that. I think that you know let the kid play. Let's see what they have in him. I think we know what they, they have were, in the yeah, other. I two. think they were hoping that he would play well enough where they could give him a stretch here of four, five, six games in a row, maybe up through the All Star break. He's got to earn it every night. He's got to prove that. And he, when he was in before, I don't think he ever played so well that he demanded that he be back the next time. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like he went out there and played so well that how can you take this guy out of the lineup? And I really got the sense in talking to John Hines yesterday before the game that he was hoping he'd play well enough to keep himself in the lineup so that he could get a look here for these six or seven before the break. Spurgeon not likely to be back until after the break. Now we know he can't be back till right around the break. So there's an opportunity there, and he just needs to take advantage of it. And then another thing you mentioned, Beckman coming back from injury. Another guy coming back from injury, Caden Bankier. Has he started to make enough of a splash where he might get called up this year, or is he firmly planted in Iowa? Well, Adam Rask is up, and I had to Google him when they called him up. So I would think that if uh, Caden Bankier earns – you know, plays well down there that we could definitely see him. I mean, they, they it's not like they had, they've seen what they've, they've seen the other minor leaders and, and really to me, there wasn't a lot of impressive play from really any of them. So um, I think that, yeah, if Bankier, they feel like he's not going to be in over his head that, that we do see him, especially if the team does slip out of a playoff spot. I think that we're going to see a lot of, you know, some of those kids as well. Um, he seems to be back. I haven't asked him about him lately, but he's a, you know, he's one of those prospects. They're hoping that eventually, uh, plays here and plays here full time. So at some point we're going to see him. So uh, Anthony, someone gave love to the Johnnies earlier. I don't want to bring up bad memories for you, but Bethel Royals class for 2013. Yeah. Go Royals. Yeah. Well, they beat the Johnnies a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my question has to do with the, uh, the NHL player assistance program that I've heard about more recently with Sam Girard, Val Nachushkin, who coincidentally, Happen to play for the Colorado Avalanche, who are trailing the juggernaut that is the Ottawa Senators tonight. Uh, but what do you guys know about the players' assistance program? Do you know of players that have gone through it, come out the other side better for it? Um, it's just kind of nebulous. Yeah, there um, have been a few that have come out, and I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but there have been a couple that have. And I, I don't recall off the top of my head. There was one just a couple of years ago that, that it ended up, helping turn his life around. But the yeah. Nishushkin thing is interesting because there, the, there was the story last year in the playoffs that nobody really knows all the details to, but it, it knocked him out for the rest of that series against Seattle. Uh, the other night when he was scratched in Toronto and they said it was because of illness, you always just kind of get the, you always wonder. I mean, this is a guy who left the NHL a few years ago for a couple of years to go back to Russia and play in the KHL. It, there's there's been something that hasn't been quite right about this uber talented guy. I mean, he, he was having a great year this year. I think he was more than a point of game player. So I don't know much about his specific situation, but there have been some players who I remember reading their articles in that like the Players Tribune where they've talked about yeah. that how much it helped them and that they've come back. I just don't remember. I think it's I mean it's head. like any rehab program. You know, you go there. I mean, they, they, for most cases, they go out to Malibu area. Um, you know, um, and, uh, and I think like any, any rehab program, it's, it's a lot to do with what, if, whether or not you come out of it better. Um, you know, the, the, you know, one reason why I'm tongue tied is because you asked me if uh, your first question just immediately brought Derek Bugard to my mind and Bugard went to the program in California and died a day later, you know, he got out maybe even that day got out in the morning and came back here. And then obviously uh, that, that, that night went, you know, went back to what he was doing and, and overdose. So, I um, mean, it, like it's always up to that individual on whether or not it's going to work or not. Right. Or, you know, whether it takes and all that stuff. So anyway, probably shouldn't talk more about that one. Um, any other questions? Um, let's talk about this upcoming road trip, Anthony. I mean, this can't be a one-off yesterday against the uh, New York Islanders. Islanders aren't very good. They've lost six out of their last eight on the road. Um, but in a playoff spot by, yep. by points percentage before exactly. the game against the um, Wild the But other this night. can't be a one-off. Like, we no. saw a lot of great signs. They're, they're getting healthier. Really, other than uh, Spurgeon, they don't have 
substantive injuries right now. Obviously, uh, Vinny Letary is still out of the lineup. Um, but right now, the way that they're healthy, if Vinny Letary was healthy, he'd be scratched. Um, so this is yeah, their I, I thought group. it was the way they played. Yeah. It was more the, the win they needed, without a doubt. But it was more the way they won the game. They, they cashed in on the power play. Even though they were the better team, they didn't get off their game when they didn't score. And then the second period, they absolutely put the hammer to them. Maybe as good a period as the Wild have played. Came out in the third and just managed the game. It's what they didn't do against Philadelphia, where they made a couple goofy mistakes and let the Flyers back in it. Here, they didn't do that. So I, I think it was the way they played the game that was more impressive than anything else, the outcome, the result, who scored, the shutout, any of that. It was that they just played the game the way they have to play it. But this is a tough road trip. It's Tampa and Florida back-to-back, and then Carolina. It's, it's a tough trip, but they've got to find a way. They have to find a way to get points in these six games they have left before the, the All-Star yep, break. Carolina has major goaltending issues right now. Florida, uh, Anaheim just walked in there yesterday and won. It is the second of a back-to-back in a building that hasn't been kind to the Wild in the last couple of years. And Tampa, they usually play well. So they do usually play they're, well, they're, but know, they're still tough. These are tough games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and their blue line is still a little banged up, but they're starting to look like a requisite team again. I mean, you, right. they've got their, their entire forward group is healthy. Um, and healthy is a relative term. The entire forward group they're is in available. The right, they're in the and, uh, and just adding Brodeen back the other night just, just gets people slotted more in the, in the correct yeah, places. Yeah, when you put Kaprizov in the forward group and all of a sudden you looked at your lineup chart and now it was the top line looked legit. The second line was Erickson, Eck, Johansson, and Boldy. The third line, Hartman, Felino, and either Gaudreau or Maroon. I mean, you've now got at least legitimate forward lines up and, and down. And I don't think lineup. it's any, like Kaprizov was playing really well when he got hurt. I don't think it's just what we talked about Brodine getting back in the lineup and how it's no coincidence that they st- suddenly are really quality again defensively. I think it's the same thing up front. You know, Eric Sinek yeah. finally Blake breaks out of his slump. And just now more and more people are f- get a little more freedom because be. just, right. you know, if you're an opposing coach and you're coaching against the wild, you got to check that guy. And then it just opens up everything else. And, and I don't think it's a shock that we finally saw Eric Sinek finish and all that stuff. Hey there, can you believe we're only halfway through winter? Brace yourselves for some good news that'll warm your heart, though. It's the perfect time to bid farewell to that tired old furnace and AC. Dive into the cozy embrace of a brand new high-efficiency whole home heating and cooling system from Aquarius. Picture this, you can have it installed now, and guess what? You won't pay a penny until next year. Yes, you've heard that right. Not a single payment until 2025. Head over to AquariusHomeServices.com to schedule your free comfort estimate. Financing offers are subject to credit approval. Trust Aquarius to be your cozy home companion, ensuring you stay warm and delighted all through 2024. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. And don't forget to mention, Russo sent you. We just wrapped up an incredible holiday season and so many outstanding meals. Whenever we've got company coming and entertaining for the holidays, Kowalski's is the place to go. We had a our Feast of Seven Fishes night. A good chunk of the fish came from the Kowalski's counter. The charcuterie trays were unbelievable, so it I just can't recommend it enough. I had a solid dinner last night with some good friends from Baltimore at our house and uh, stopped and picked up an Akaushi filet, and the Kowalski scallops are always among my favorites. So we just we just came off a great holiday season, and actually – at our last podcast, we found out that our good friend Brian Dahl, who's with us on all of our Europe trips, is going to Portugal with us. He said, I don't know why you haven't talked about the fact that Kowalski's, like, they have pre-made turkeys for you. So if you want to, I guess it's too late now to have it with your Christmas dinner, but if you got a holiday coming up where you <laughs> want to have a full turkey, you said you order it ahead, the full thing comes fully prepared, stuff, the whole works. That's awesome. Yep. Check it out whenever you got a great meal coming up. You got to start with the great ingredients. Go to Kowalski's. Royal Credit Union smart checking accounts offer no monthly fees and no minimum balance. Make the switch to a Royal checking account and you'll also get real-time transaction alerts, free mobile check deposits, and surcharge-free access to over 40,000 ATMs across the U.S. Enjoy financial freedom with no minimum balance and no monthly fees when you switch to Royal's smart checking account. Learn more and open your Royal Credit Union smart checking account online at rcu.org slash go checking insured by NCUA. Question. Uh, well, uh, first of all, go Johnny's because it's got to happen tonight apparently. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of the question I have is before the, uh, 
the trip to Winnipeg from hell. Um, you know, there was kind of light there for when the Wild might be able to get above that playoff line. But what would they have to kind of do now, now that they've gone through this really tough stress to get above that? And what would have to happen like for other teams as well? Well, L.A. has got to continue uh, plummeting. Uh, they're losing again tonight. They've winless in, what, 8-9? Um, Seattle. Yeah, and I think it's too early to look at which teams have to slip because there's so many of them. But I, they just have to start playing. And if, you're, if they're healthy, just play. And I, there's still plenty of time. We've got half a season. And I think catching Winnipeg, Colorado, Dallas might be unrealistic now after you had that you lost eight points to Winnipeg and Dallas head to head. And that, that gap in the standings just changes. It makes it unrealistic, not impossible, but unrealistic. So I just focus on yourself. They got to go out and play. And with a healthy lineup, I think they're good enough to be in the playoffs, but it's, they're going to, it's going to have to be a good, you can't have another dip in the second half. Yeah. They've got to play like at a six fifty seven hundred pace, I think. So they, you know, these lose eight of nine, seven in a row. You can't do that quit. again. Yeah, it's, it's, it's now got to be, be another all, even. Yeah. A, can't even be a four-game deal. It's got to be a a six-two-and-one kind of pace the rest of the season, just about all the way. Yep, exactly. Any other questions? By the way, I think the Grain Belt uh, Worst Seats glasses have arrived, so if you had a, a yep. ticket for those, oh, uh, nice. come on up here, uh, and uh, you can grab those. From the man in he the must have thought grain belt sweatshirt. Seven mountain time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. What's up? We haven't seen you for a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Oh, well, uh, we haven't had a live show in about Well, that's the other thing. Weeks. Um, so, uh, St. Thomas, class 2006, go Tommies. Yeah. <laughs> they had to get out of the league because they couldn't beat the Johnnies. That's one way yeah. to put it. Yeah. I've heard it put another way. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to Tampa. I'm going to Florida. Oh, nice. Miami. Uh, I know where I'm going out to eat in my, uh, Tampa. Suggestions in Miami. Ooh. Well, first of all, you better not be in Miami because they don't play near Miami. Well, I'm going down there with a group of buddies, and we're going to the games. So. Okay. I have zero recommendations in Miami. I'd have some well, good send, ones yeah, in send Tampa. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Fort Lauderdale, send them. What's the Italian, the mob place? Oh, yeah. Martirano is a good place in Fort Lauderdale. Not uh, with this crew. Okay. They'll pop off to the wrong people. Yeah, and yeah, you wouldn't true. want to do that at Martirano's. Uh, um, what's the Italian place that I like that's by the airport there on State, on State Road 86 or whatever it is? Yeah, I, I was not very good. Italian. I wouldn't go there. It's a great restaurant. Route 93 or something like that. Route 86 or, run, or runway something? Runway 93. Runway 86 or yeah. not, 93? It wasn't, it wasn't very good. Don't go there. Um, yeah, I, Martirano's the best place in Fort Lauderdale. In Tampa... I wouldn't go in downtown Tampa. I'm not a big fan of those spots, but I like the Hyde Park area. There's some great places out there. You said you already have a place in Tampa, though? There's this place up in Tarpon Springs. It's called Jimmy's. It looks okay. like a dive bar, but it's got there. fantastic seafood. Nice. So I found that out from a couple uh, eating lunch one time. Just struck up a conversation. They said, go to Tarpon Springs, go to Jimmy's. So, so I did. Tampa, you're eating in Tarpon Springs. In Fort Lauderdale, you're eating in Miami. Well, it no, just I'm seems just going, like the, no, I'm just going to Miami. Geographically, you're challenged right now. No, okay. I'm just going to Miami to watch the Florida game. Yeah. Okay. So I'll be at both games. Oh, if I see Joe Smith, what should I tell him for you? Um, that, that Russo's on the trip next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Enjoy Florida. There's actually a really, really good rest, uh, Italian restaurant. I'll look it up for you before I leave here uh, in that Sawgrass Mills uh, periphery there. Might actually be called. It starts with an A. I've never found a good you restaurant know, in that Sawgrass you know, Mills place. Can you place. just freaking no, 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 leave? I'm serious. I'm saying Honest, like. We you were so like pompous when no, it comes to I restaurants. I have been there. I'm telling like, you like. The I've, Italian restaurant by the airport in Fort Lauderdale was great. No, it wasn't. It was bad. But <laughs> but this at Sawgrass Mills, which is where we're staying because it's back to back. I'll show it to you. It's and good. I'd, I'd be curious because yeah. I've never found a good restaurant. I went there with Greg Wyshynski during the Eastern Final. It was outstanding. All right. You love it. I'll try. Looking forward to it because the only thing they have in there are chains that I've ever. Been you'll to. actually you'll like this place, I think, and you better. All right, all right. Uh, any more I'm questions? In. There's got to be more questions, right? No. There we go. Uh, I have a question about identity. So I was listening to uh, Garen's. I guess he had 15 minutes with him yesterday, the day before. Talks about the team identity. Um, 
I kind of get the read that he thinks it's they're more heavy physical checking team than they really are. So I'm just kind of interested in your thoughts and like what Garen kind of wants and what we really have right now um, when he talks about identity. I think he envisions a team that's hard to play against. I don't think it necessarily has to be big, physical, strong, but just hard to play against. With You can be hard to play against with effort and speed too. And they haven't been that over the last couple of weeks. And I think that's where he was talking yesterday about identity. They need to get back to that because the first, the first 14 games that Hines coached, yeah. they were a handful to play against every night because they were efficient. They, were, uh, they had attention to detail. They played with speed. They're the same guys. They weren't any bigger, stronger, or more. They were just hard to play against. And then the last couple of weeks, they weren't. The, the, you know, but to your, I mean, it's an interesting point because, you know, that is one of the first things that I was thinking of yesterday when he was talking about that they need to be north, south and hard nose. And it does feel like at sometimes he has this vision of how he wants them to play and maybe the personnel, um, you know, doesn't, you know, Marcus Johansson is not a hard nose north, south guy. Either really is Matt Boldy, at least hasn't shown in the last couple of playoffs. Freddie Goudreau isn't that guy. Um, you know, yeah, Felino is, Hartman is, but you know, Zuki's not. I mean, so it does feel like he's got this this vision of how he wants them to play and wants to force feed them at times into playing that style. When you and I both know that there are some guys on his team that would rather you know be pretty with the puck than go and 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 be hard nosed. I mean, do do you think that? Yeah, I think you're thinking of it offensively, and I'm thinking of it more on the other end of the rink where. I'm you just saying be, what he said, though. Yeah, he was right. talking about that he doesn't exactly. like them going east-west with the right. puck. And, I'm, and I think it can be – you can be a hard-nosed team that's difficult to play against with your forecheck, and it doesn't have to be guys that are big, hulking, like stick their nose in it. All, but you can just – you can be a handful with your speed on a forecheck, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Question. Okay, real quick one. Is there any chance Terry sticks as a fourth-liner next year? And by the way, see you in Portugal. Yeah, he, yeah. Thanks for coming. We got thirty-four yeah. people on that trip. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, yes, uh, he. I mean, he's got one more year left on his deal. He makes the perfect salary because he's below that eight hundred, you know, threshold. He's, and with the big AHL yeah. salary, he's waiver proof. Nobody's going to claim him. So it, yeah, I think he's he'll be here. He'll be a he a wants to be I mean, type forward. And you know, all those deals. If he like right now, if he wanted to go to Europe, he probably could in a minute. Um, it's just whether or not he wants this again. And if, as long as he's here for the most part, I think he'd be fine with that. Um, a lot of it is in his own mind. Like, you know, that on this team, he's got to be that fourth line guy. Is that Vinny Letary's makeup? Uh, probably not. He should be in a, probably a more of a skilled role and his definitely mine. And he would get that in Europe and, but he's got to just be comfortable in the fact that, that, uh, you know, he's probably not even though he maybe should at least be on the second power play, he's mostly not. And he's on the fourth line again, whether or not he, it's going to be up to him, but he's got but another he's year left NHL. on his deal. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Europe will always be there. So, you know, as long as you're going to be here and have that chance, I, I think uh, they like him and all that type of stuff as well. Question. And then we'll wrap up the show. So I know you discounted the Vancouver uh, Ericsson Eck. Yeah, that stuff rumor. was just made up by okay. their fans. There's no. Yeah, no. And then they're, and they're enjoying the uh, fact that people are actually uh, talking about it. Like even Elliot Friedman called me on the weekend. Like, you buy into any of this? I'm like, it is not is true. No it's just making, made up by the fans there. And the fan that made it up, I see him on Twitter. He's just so proud of the fact that we're all talking about it and writing about it. But that's the day and age. Like when I grew up at the Sun Sentinel, we had a rule that if something was wrong that somebody else reported or were talking about, you didn't refute it. But that was easy when there was only newspapers and not really online and Twitter and all that. But it's hard to just ignore stuff in today's day and age because it catches fire. So I tried to throw I'm not saying that Eric Snack's never going to be traded in his career, but right now it makes He's zero not sense. traded now. Yeah. Anthony, one for you. A big uh, Feller's Ranch oh, fan. Nice. Any yeah. favorite cut? or? Oh, any one of them is outstanding. But the Spinalis is is probably my favorite, but they're Denver cut. Have you, if you've tried the Denver cut, if you haven't, try that. It's the shoulder. It's unbelievably tender, and it is, it's unbelievable. You won't be disappointed. I'm looking up this Sawgrass Mills Italian restaurant. All right. Well, we, can, we don't have to do that during a live show, do we? No, I think that we should, just to have everybody go well, there. Oh, you talk amongst yourselves. Well, Michael Russo figures something out on his phone. 
I can't believe that you don't like the restaurant by the Fort Lauderdale Airport. It was it just it was mediocre. It was it was like going to like Olive Garden or something. I mean, that it, is not it wasn't, true. It wasn't. It is absolutely it wasn't not true. Terrible, but it's it just wasn't very good. And Olive Garden has all you can eat salads. It's really good. Yeah, so. I can't even remember the last time I went there, but it was it was it was okay. But I would never send somebody there ever. Brandon. I'd send him to the billiard place across the street instead. That was stellar. Yeah. All right. Thanks to Ryan from Huxley Optical for coming down here. Make sure you come right, see him for some right. swag. Uh, if you uh, still owed a pint glass, uh, get Green Belt pint glasses here. Is that a top hat you're wearing? I don't have my glasses on here. Yep. Okay. Nice top hat. Um, thanks to Tuttles for having us out. January 22nd at Split Rocks. Um, January 22nd at Split Rocks is our next live show at 7 p.m. Come on out. Again, if you come early for dinner, grab a pint of Grain Belt. We'll have those pint glasses there as well, and we're going to be giving away the Capri Sef jersey that everybody has been uh, 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 putting in for a raffle for, I think, our last four or five shows. So thanks for everybody for doing that. You are, we are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio here, live on a location at Tuttle's. Thanks to Huxley Optical, Livia Weight Control Centers, Bosch Law Firm, Kowalski's, Aquarius Home Services, your local authorized dealer for Connecticut Water Treatments, and Royal Credit Union. Thanks, everybody. See you January 22nd at Split Rocks. So much coming out, there's nothing going in. I know that you feel like you're never going to win. Oh, but the world won't forgive.